I believe that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes. Yet, being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in our lives. In this podcast, I will share lessons that I have learned from my mistakes that have helped me to get one step closer to a more authentic version of myself. My name is Lonnie Was the Third, and this is what I did wrong. I once heard a quote that said, if you want things to be done your way every time, then you will always be the one doing it. I have a long history with doing things my way, starting with the fact that I'm an only child. Being an only child for a lot of people means that I'm spoiled or that I always get my way. That's arguable, but for me, I will say that growing up as an only child, you don't often have to learn about collaboration or sharing as much as you do probably if you had other siblings. You don't have to share bathrooms or you don't have to share a room. You don't have to share leftovers for dinner or fight about chores or anything like that. So in that sense, I do agree. And I feel like that growing up as an only child did kind of lead to me being used to things going my way. Now, for me, there's so much just personal gratification when I get to see something through from beginning to end and I get to do it exactly the way that I want it to be done the way that I see it in my head now granted that doing it this way often is more time consuming and probably more taxing than if I asked for help or if I had assistance but it is still satisfying nonetheless as I've gotten older though I have experienced some examples of how doing it my way hasn't always worked out for the best a perfect example of when I tried to do things my way and it didn't work out for the best was last summer when I hosted an event at my house that had a crazy turn. So I love to host events at my house, but when I'm planning, I get into planning mode, I get into host mode, and I like to do everything myself. That's everything from the planning, the execution, and the actual hosting on the day of the event. Last summer, I hosted this fabulous rosé-themed party at my house, and the week before the event, I was so stressed out. I was so busy at work, and then I had events to go to, I had so much on my to-do list, including shopping, cooking, cleaning, decorating. When I am working on a project, I am like all the way in. I'm super focused. And of course, I didn't ask for any help. I didn't even think to ask for help. That's not what I typically do when I'm planning really for anything. So it didn't even dawn on me to ask for help, but I probably should have. As the party day got closer, I grew more and more overwhelmed and I got less and less sleep each night leading up to the event. Remember this because it'll come in handy later. But anyway, the day of the event came and everything was effortless, effortless, everything was effortlessly executed just the way that I wanted. The guests began to arrive. I welcomed them. I played hostess with the mostest or host with the most. Everything was going great. I brought my vision to life all by myself, my way. Everything was good. Until hours later, I woke up to an empty house. You heard that right. I woke up to an empty house and I knew that like, wait, something had happened. Where are the people? Where's the party? I don't even remember laying down. Um, I checked the time and it was several hours later than the party start time. 
Eventually, as I mustered up the strength, used the bathroom, got some water, I called my friend and I'm like, yo, what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, I fell asleep. That's right. Friend after friend texted me to check on me and told me that I fell asleep. Right in the middle of the party, on my bed in my studio apartment, I climbed into bed, I fell out, and I went to sleep. So I guess that all of the exhaustion from the time leading up to the party, mixed with a few glasses of rosé, really caused me to take a super long nap that caused me some embarrassment, even though my friends are pretty cool about it. And also, it helped me to, or it caused me to, miss out on a party that I was really looking forward to. So, like I said, luckily my friends were good spirits about it. But I must say that I really realized in that moment that sometimes I have to ask for help. (laughs) And even if that means slightly things not being exactly my way, that it's better for things to be done and done well and not all done by me in exactly my way than it is for me to be so exhausted that I miss out on the very thing that I'm working on. Another example of me kind of struggling with having things done my way was at my first job in grad school. A part of that job was me being assigned a undergraduate student who was like a program assistant and basically a not a personal assistant but definitely was someone who was there half time to help me and I really struggled with finding things for them to do because I was so used to doing everything myself I preferred things to be done myself and it also sometimes feels like when you have to explain how to do something that that's more time consuming than actually just doing it your way doing it yourself. After doing some reflection, though, I realized that I was getting way too busy at work and I was overwhelmed and it kind of forced me to assign them work. And I started to see the reason why I was doing things myself. And after some reflection, I realized that doing things myself and doing things my way was about security. It was about security and control. I figured that if I was to do things all by myself, then I would be able to control the outcome or at least be the one who is to blame if it doesn't go as planned. Like if I let someone else do it, then I have the risk of them doing it wrong. Then I may have to deal with communicating to them that they did it wrong. And again, that was another level to it is that I wasn't really growing because I wasn't communicating my vision and also communicating feedback if it was done wrong or incorrectly or differently than my expectations. Bringing someone else into the picture means that I don't have full control. In those moments, I feel really triggered. I feel nervous. And I think it comes from a childhood where there were things I didn't have control of, just like every kid. But I think with me moving around a lot and just not feeling like I was grounded. I think as I grew up, I clung to or clinged to things that made me feel a sense of security. And I think controlling things by doing it my way is one way that I do that. So speaking of the professional world and 
doing things your way. According to the Harvard Business Journal, in an article about why managers don't delegate, I found something really interesting. And in the article they wrote, some managers are perfectionists who feel it's easier to do everything themselves or that their work is better than others. Pfeiffer, who is the person who started the theory self-enhancement bias, stated that some believe that passing on work will detract from their own importance, while others lack self-confidence and don't want to be upstaged by their subordinates. Woo-wee. So to take this a little bit further, I went to define what self-enhancement theory or self-enhancement bias theory rather is, and it states that self-enhancement bias reflects the tendency of managers to evaluate a work product more highly and more the more self-involved they are in its production. So basically, the more involved you are in something, you feel like it's done better. So that's why, have you ever had a really micromanagey boss that oversaw everything you did and had to be a part of everything? More than likely, they had this self-enhancement bias. They feel that their input is making the quality of the work better. Therefore, that their input and their involvement has to constantly be there. And I'm like, wait a minute, do I have this? (laughs) Um, Another thing that it said was empowerment practices dilute the manager's individualized supervision of work. So learning this term was mind blowing to me because could it be that all this time I did things by myself because I wanted to remain seen as like the go-to person. I wanted to remain seen as sharper or that I wanted to remain seen as valuable. Um, Might I get some type of intrinsic value from the overwhelming pressure to be a Renaissance man? And the short answer is yes. I identify a bit with self-enhancement bias. In fact, I have been exploring a related struggle with an inner work coach, and that is powerlessness. Um, Powerlessness is something that I have felt in a lot of situations after I've done some writing and reflecting, and powerlessness is defined as a lack of ability or influence or power. And in situations when I am not influential to the outcome, I begin to feel powerless which means that I'm afraid to express my needs, i.e. ask for help or delegate, because I fear that what little I have will be taken from me. So it's kind of a defense mechanism to be involved in everything and to do things your way because you, because I sometimes feel powerless in those moments. So now I'm working to seek empowerment which means to have knowledge, confidence, or ability to make the decisions for myself. And many times the decisions is to not be the center of attention or to not have things done my way. So I'm learning how to delegate and how actually delegating can strengthen me and not make me powerless. It actually can do quite the opposite. What I did wrong was attempting to do everything my way. I struggled to ask for help and input, which led to exhaustion in my personal and my professional life. And by learning from my mistakes, I'm now clear about the personal growth that can occur when I start collaborating, delegating, and communicating my need for support.
Thank you for listening to the What I Did Wrong podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Catch new lessons each and every week on Wednesdays. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at LonnieWoodsTheThird or visit my website at LonnieWoodsTheThird.com. Until we meet again, remember that regret was meant to refine you and that your mistakes don't have to define you. I leave you in love, peace, and style. Until the next time.